What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the High Button Podcast. My name is Justin Belanger. I am your host today. Thank you very much uh, for joining the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Eagle Energy. Eagle Energy is a plant-based caffeine inhaler, which allows you to get a quick jump start to your day within three to five minutes. Rather than these high caffeine, high sugar energy drinks, which aren't healthy for you, by the way, and they can take up to 30, sometimes 45 minutes to kick in. Head on over to their website, eagle.energy, check their product out, check out their story. I guarantee that this product will be for you. Remember, Eagle Energy is a plant-based caffeine inhaler. It has no sugar. It has no calories. It is plant-based. So when you tell your friends about it, they ask what it is. You just say it's a plant-based caffeine inhaler. It makes you you feel good about yourself and at the same time it's healthy remember eagle.energy it's a great website also check out their instagram page at eagle energy i recommend this product for you if you want to get a quick start to your day it allows you to focus on your tasks at hand and remember most importantly it allows you to finish your tasks at hand eagle energy welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the high button podcast i appreciate you guys tuning in once again every time i see those downloads go i'm very uh, appreciative and, and humbled by that so thank you very much i appreciate it this episode it's going to be a special one for me and i think a lot of people out there listening jules eddie larock back when i first started going to watch the halifax mooseheads play you know it was guys like jules it was guys like brandon reed uh brandon benedict jason king guys like that that i idolized i didn't know anything higher than the quebec major junior hockey league i knew that you know the nhl existed but in my hometown of halifax you know the halifax mooseheads that's as big as it got and jules was the captain of that team so you know i met him the first time the other day at uh, the barho charity a hockey game that Jill Sonye organized, which, by the way, was fantastic. Thank you, everyone who who came out. That was a, a great time, great fundraiser. I'm not sure the exact number what they've raised, but I know it's up there. So, uh, thank you very much for whoever came out. Um, and yeah, like I said, I met Jules. He, we, him, and I actually ended up being on the same team. Uh, so I went up to him. I shook his hand, introduced myself, mentioned the high button, asked if he wanted to come on the podcast. He said yes, absolutely. So. I'm pumped that he's here. It's going to be a great episode. I'll give you a little bit of a rundown um, of his career. He played for uh, the Rouen Noran Huskies, the Acadie Bathers, and the Halifax Mooseheads. He is now a police officer here in the HRM, and he is the brother of George LaRock, the famous NHL enforcer. It's going to be a great podcast. Hi, Button. You know what comes next. All right, Jules, we are going here. Welcome to the High Button, man. Appreciate you coming on. Pleasure being asked to come here. It was awesome meeting you the other day at the the Barho Charity Game. It was uh, cool to run India. Yeah, no, it was uh, quite an event, and I'm blessed, I guess, blessed and kind of thankful that I was invited to come play. Like it was such an event, and I got to meet Joel Sonia. So. Yeah, you never met Joel before? No, and and I mean, I'm a big fan of women's hockey since I played with Charlene Labonte back in Bathurst. Mm. So I've been watching ever since because, I mean, she made the team and she's played ever since. So I'm always one watching. So to see her, Jill, the speed that she has, I had speed like that, but no, no, no <laughs> hands like that. Man, she got some hands too. So it's, it's I agree. Like watching her on TV compared to playing with her in real life, I say that all the time about like when I play with great players just for pickup or something. It's amazing the speed when you're up close and personal with it. It's crazy. The attention to detail. You know, you don't see that on TV compared to like in real life, but... 
Anyways, how you feel about Jill is how I felt about you meeting you. Because I knew you were here. I, I've met you a couple times uh, in and around the community when you were doing police work, but I never met you in a hockey setting. So it was it was good to meet you there oh, geez, and, and get yeah. some cool stories already in the dressing room. Yeah, you know, that's for sure. And, and that's part of it, about hockey. But it does to you, it giving so many memories, so many things that you've gone through when you play hockey and people you meet. And I, you don't realize what you just said. You don't realize even Jill saying, oh, I was a big fan of yours growing up. And I'm thinking, like, why? Like, you, you're Jill Sonia. Well, you're, I'm the fan. Like, I'm not... <laughs> To hear that, it means that maybe back in the day when I played, they made, I made a little bit of a difference to some people. Well, that's that's a big part I want to make about this podcast. Like You might not even know it, but when I posted a picture of you on our Instagram page yesterday saying that you were come on, I, we probably got 20 messages saying, no way. How did you get him? He's actually coming on. Because you don't understand, you know, back when you played in the day, when you were the captain for the Halifax Mooseheads, I was 10, maybe 11 years old. And in Halifax, you know, you don't go watch the NHL. All you do is go watch the Mooseheads. So when I'm thinking of the Mooseheads, I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of Brandon Reed, Jason King, Brandon Benedict. And at the time, you, know, you guys were our Sidney Crosbys, were our all-stars. So that's why you kind of have a, a memory in a lot of people's heads, especially my age, 27, you know, 30s. Because back then, you were as big as a god for us. So as much as you might not think about it, like you definitely do still have some relevance here in the hockey community in Halifax oh, 100% cool. man. That's really cool to hear. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you grew up in Laval, eh? Yeah. What was it like growing up there? Well, I mean, it's like I, I kind of grew up in different area closer to Montreal. Mm. The first part where we grew up was Sarel Tracy, like that area. Okay. There is a senior team there now um, in the, um, the in, what's the uh, North American Hockey League? AHL? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The North American Hockey League, the, the big fighting league like Oh, yeah, like the, I know the, the senior Quebec yeah, League, yeah. yeah. So there's a team there now. So I grew up there, and, and it was tough there because we were the only like black family in that, that that town. Really? So, you know, my brother, I mean, you saw his size. He was always stronger than everybody, and we were really gifted athletically. So yeah. my sister was in track, and, and I was in hockey. So so it was tough to, to move, to, to, move the, to live there and, and to play hockey and stuff like that. And then we moved to... Longueuil, to Anjou, to Montreal, to Laval, and then okay. kind of finished up in Laval. Did your dad play hockey? No, nothing to do with hockey. He doesn't know how to skate. Really? So no. how, did, how did you get introduced to the sport of hockey? Well, then? he introduced us to every sport. He put us in track, in uh, long-distance skiing, in <laughs> speed skating. Even your brother? Skating. Even your brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even figure skating. First thing I ever done on skate was figure skating. No. Which was kind of boring for me. Because, I mean, you, you turn around, you skate around. You, I did one show, and I was doing faces at the crowd. People were laughing. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't into it. And then he put me in speed skating, and I was beating kids with uh, hockey skates while they had the figure skating skates. And I was getting bored, too, so I started kicking cones, getting disqualified. It was boring. Turning in circles, I didn't understand the pro <laughs> the, 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 the goal of skating around in circles. I should have maybe kept to it. I mean, it would have been good, but I think that's what made my skating so good. Yeah. It's because of that. Is because of speed, so figure skating, speed skating. So then hockey was just fun. So it's always been fun. It came natural to you. Yeah. Same with your brother, though. Did your brother go in the exact same sports? Yeah. Like you guys did, went together? He did the same thing. He did track. He did all those things. But in hockey, growing up, he was always the best, but he never cracked the teams. Why not? I'm not sure. I mean, my, my dad will say it's racism and stuff like that. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I just they never made the team. Like, he would be... The leading scorer um, of every team he's played for minor hockey and wouldn't make the top team until he got to Anjou. So when we moved to Anjou, that's when he made the double B, a double C team, Bantam double C, 
his first year Bantam, and he didn't. Uh, he wasn't there in time to make double A. Yeah. So the double A ended up seeing him playing like, oh, we need to take this guy in our team. So they took him, and that's when he got drafted to the Q. That's cool. How how much older is your brother than Four you? Four years. Four years. Yeah. Do you think, like growing up in a household with an older brother, there's always, uh, every time I interview people that have a brother and they always end up playing hockey together or against each other, there was almost like a, a loving rivalry inside the house, even if it meant competing in the gym, competing like who can eat dinner first, whoever can do the most push-ups. Did you and your brother ever do anything so, like that? So, well, every summer we worked out together. So the cool part of having a brother to play in the NHL is you get to do everything they do in the summer. And I mean, I, I was four years younger, so... When he was 20 to whenever he played, I was always four years behind him. But the training, I had to get the same training that he would do. So one of the things that people don't get is my brother's got that – we talked about it in the hockey room. Thick His legs. legs are so strong. He could leg press all the plates on the machine plus the trainer on the top like it was nothing. And I would go on and I'd do what's good for me. I mean, I, I was strong legs too, but not like him, obviously. But on the bench, I used to bench more than he would. And he'd get mad at that. Well, it's easy for you because you get shorter arms. <laughs> I, I, I can't help that. Give me that. Give me one thing that I could be better at you at, and I'll be happy. And the other thing that he used to get mad at, um, we used to do track race. So the whole group of players, a bunch of other NHL players from Quebec, we would go and do 800 meters twice, take a break, and then another, uh, another 400 meters, take a break. Now, he would beat everybody on those two races like nothing. Then he gets to 100 meters, and I would beat him. Yeah. And he would get mad. Be like, you're, you're pacing yourself. This is not right. And, you know, you're pacing yourself. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm pushing myself. <laughs> like, I would finish second in the 400 meter. And he, it didn't matter to him. It's like, oh, you're pacing yourself. I said, let's, let's do some sprints then. Let's just do some sprints. And he would hate that fact. Or even skating on the ice. It's it faster him. Well, you're just pacing yourself. No, I'm not. Like, I'm just fasting. <laughs> so... That's, those are the things. We never got a chance to play against each other um, growing up. Uh, again, four years apart. For me to play against him or with him in the queue, I would have to play at a 16-year-old, and he would have to stay at a 20-year-old, which didn't yeah. happen, right? So yeah. not even close. But, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, we played together ball hockey uh, in leagues. Um, we played um, two hockey games together. One was – the last one was – the hockey for homeless that he came here for. Okay. Um, Cyril from CTV was there. Yeah. I played for, actually played one game because Cyril couldn't be there. And then the second time, the first time was he organized uh, a team. It was Team Haiti against Team Lebanon in Montreal. Yeah, it was a sanctioned IIHF um, uh, game. It was in Con Montreal? In Montreal, yeah. Okay. And it was in 2016 or 17, uh, I think. It was last year, I think. 2018. Yeah, no. Or 2017. 17, okay, 17, yeah. 17, okay. And it was contact. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so I'm a little bit heavier than I was when I played. Yeah. So I'm probably around 250 now. So playing contact at 250, it's fun. Yeah? Yeah. Just, just people bounce off me. <laughs> I, it was just fun to play in, so. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about your first uh, year going in the, into the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. I look at the Quebec Major Hockey League now and I go, wow, what a league. It's it's well established. But that's now in 2019. Back when you played, there must have been some rough patches in the league that maybe obviously it's not established as it was today. Do you remember back in your first year in the league and you know going through some experiences, first year junior? Everyone has stories about your first year junior. Well, me, it was uh, the bus drive because I, I played in the Renoranda. 
So you're, you're talking about the extreme left of Quebec, like left side of Quebec. So you get a bus everywhere. The only close team is Val d'Or. Then after that, it's at least six hours because um, Laval was in the league when I played my first year. So that was the closest rink. After that, everything's by bus. So it's a long time. You got to go. To, I remember my first bus ride was to Halifax. No way. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, I don't know what Halifax is. I have no idea. We don't, I mean, Quebec, growing up in Quebec, we don't really study other provinces. So I don't know any better, right? So we we went from, when I was stuck in Quebec, I practiced there. I was told I wasn't playing the first game. Um, my dad was supposed to be there to see me play. And then we went to, um, I think it was Moncton first. And then we played in Cape Breton. And my second shift, I got hurt. My what? shoulder hurt my shoulder. I couldn't play anymore. No. How, so long, we, how long were you out for? For like two or three weeks. And uh, talk about stupid things you do in, in junior when you don't think. Um, the next road trip, um, I stayed in, obviously home. And the owner asked me to look after his son while he was away. And You're the babysitter. Yeah, babysitter. <laughs> and I, I didn't do that right. So I almost got <laughs> kicked out the team for... For being stupid, so <laughs> when you're young, right, you don't think what you're doing, and you're 16 at the you, time, yeah, 17, yeah. 17 yeah, still. So, yeah, it wasn't, it was bad. I we went skiing, which probably shouldn't do while I'm injured, and I've never skied before, and oh, it was just, it was just bad. <laughs> so that those 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 almost made me get sent back down to junior A. So thank God the the owner, the other owner, really liked me, gave me another chance. Like, look, stop. Messing around. Stop messing around. Think about hockey. Yeah. And hockey could open doors for you. And it, it woke me up. And yeah. I think there was a, a coach change too in the whole thing. Gaston Terrien was our coach. And we had uh, ended up getting, uh, I think, Bordelot was his last name. He came to coach and he was a lot different than Gaston Terrien was. Yeah. So that was good. Cool. What was your first thought playing hockey outside of Quebec in Nova Scotia or in Nova Scotia? Did you have like uh, maybe an opinion on the crowd or the refing or anything like that? Well, I guess again, leaving from um, from ba- uh, Wanderanda, I got traded to Bathurst. Yeah, that's another place never heard of, and wow. I took the train to go to Bathurst, and I'm like, what is this town? Like, by yourself? Nothing. Yeah, by myself. Didn't know um, uh, anything about Bathurst. Got there off the train. I'm looking around. I'm like. There's nothing here. It's not much there. Um, I guess it's close to Moncton. Uh, I <laughs> don't know. But, but there. the crowd, man, like it was crazy. In, in Bathurst? Yeah. Wow. And Halifax was to me, when I when I first came into Halifax, the first year, like I said, we drove the bus in underneath the rink. I was amazed by that. I couldn't believe it. Like, this is like a pro team. Like, this is nothing I've ever seen. Like, it's cool. Like, you go in and the, the hole underneath the the, sta- the, the, the seating uh, area and when people work out and they, they do the warm-up, we run around. I was like, wow, this rink is amazing. I'd love to play here. It ended up happening. So, can uh, the, the crowds in Nova Scotia and in, in the Maritimes, I, in some sense, they're good fans. Like, they're, they're supportive fans. But the fans in Quebec, they're supportive and also sometimes crazy. So... Yeah. That's just they love their team, yeah. and they'll say anything they can to get in your mind yeah. when you're playing against them. So that, I think that would be kind of the difference. That's interesting, because I've had friends today that still play in Quebec, and they say the exact same thing. It's like nothing's changed up there. That's cool. No, not no, cool. Of, but just like no, interesting. but some of those rinks are completely crazy. The people will say anything, whether it's uh, racist comment to the worst thing you could say to you, just to try to get you off your game, which. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's no place for that in hockey because racist comment is, is stupid. Like, you, you can't 
Like, what well, can you it's, see there? it's still happening today. It just yeah. happened. Uh, did you see that video? Yeah. So when you were playing, did it happen a lot to oh, you? Oh, jeez, yeah. Valdor, right there, Valdor. There was a guy next to the bench in his, in his uh, Valdor jersey. He called me the N word every time I came off the bench. And I'd be looking at my coach and like, yeah, no, just don't worry about him. Just play your game. And I, I just want to take my stick and just hit him with him. But obviously you can't do that. And, and if you're told a lot of times, like, ah, oh, it's just weird, don't worry about it. I mean, it affects you. It affects you because you can't do anything about it. And then if it happened on the ice, a couple guys have said it. Um, to me, and, and I'll never forget those guys, right? So um, those are things that, and then again, I wasn't like my brother, I was five foot seven. I wasn't much of a fighter. I fought four times in four years. Yeah. So take matter in my own hands, I'd have to go and fight. I, there's one guy I fought, but another guy I didn't because he could fight. So I'm like, I'm not, you call me that, plus I'm going to go fight and get beat up. I don't think so. I'm not giving do- double satisfaction. Yeah. So, I, you know, I just, it sucks because you can't, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. And I don't think when players or people say that, I don't think they get it, what it does to the player. It affects you in ways that you can't control. Like you, you you can't say anything. You can't go after the person because at the end of the day, um, there's nothing that protects you from it. It's going to happen. Yeah, the people could get expulsed, uh, uh, kicked out of the ring forever, yeah. but it's still happening. So Yeah. Did you ever, whenever like you were going through tough times with that, did you ever like talk to your brother about it? Because I'm sure he had to go through it as well, and maybe he had a different solution on how to deal with it. I know you're saying there's not many solutions to dealing with it, but it must be nice knowing that like your brother might be dealing with the same thing, and he's going through it too. Did you ever talk to him about it? Well, I, I always remember the game that I saw him play, and when he was playing for back in the day, there was a team called Saint Saint Lasers. Yeah. He moved to Aranda, and I went to the game, and it was his home team. And there was a guy in the stand called him the N-word. And I went to the guy, and I started yelling at the guy, stop. And he was looking at me, what? Stop saying that. Like, what? Do you mind your business? I'm like, it's my brother. Like, <laughs> yeah. a couple of things in French. Yeah. And, uh, but it, it's just, he went to it even worse. Like, people throwing bananas at him. Like, it was just, it, he got in the AHL from players. He tried to fight them, tried to kick their ass. Like, uh, he just, at least, but it's, for him, it was motivation. Same with me. It was motivation. So, okay, you're going to call me that? Watch this. I'll try to do something. Yeah. I'm going to hit somebody. I'm going to not score goals. I mean, that's not something <laughs> I did a lot. But sometimes if I could, I, I was happy when I did it. But, you know, it's one of those things. You, you just got to push past it. Right? Yeah. Like you can't. If you get hung up on that and decide, oh, this is not for me. This is too hard. And you, you're going to have a hard time in life. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, I want to talk about the the trade going into Halifax. You said that the first time you were ever there, you took the bus underneath the stadium. You were pumped. It looked like a pro team. What was? Because where would you, where did you go after Rouen? So I went to Bathurst for Bathurst. Yeah, and then we won that year. We went to Merle Cup in Ottawa. Yeah, that's when I played with Ramsey Bid the first time. Yeah, Ren Flynn. Yeah, and then um, Luongo was our goalie, which was what. Pretty... What was Luongo like as a teammate? He was. Quiet. Was he? Yeah, he was doing well, he's his a own goalie. Thing. Yeah, yeah, like most goalies, uh, he did his own thing. Uh, I don't remember. He had just giant feet. He had, guy had wait, giant what? feet. Giant feet. Uh, his feet were big and his hands were massive. Like, he, it's just, it was weird to look at. But he was good. Like, he, I couldn't, I, I was probably the only goal to never, never scored on practice. I couldn't. It's like, I don't know if he did it on purpose just because it was me. I couldn't score on him. I've never scored on him on the ice. I've never scored on him in practice. You know what's frustrating when there's a player or even a goalie that's amazing in practice but sucks in the game? The practice player. I hate that. Yeah. But obviously no, he went to he the was, NHL, so he's fantastic. No, but. no, he was amazing. He, he was quite a player. And and after that year, that's um, I was one back to batters, 
and I went to see the owner, Leo Gimor, and I said, listen, man, like, I gave you all I had last year. Excuse me. And we went to Ottawa and everything. I gave everything all I had there. Can you give me a chance to let me play for Halifax and, you know, give me another chance to go to the World Cup? I'd like for me and my brother to have our names on it because my brother wanted with Granby back in 95, so um, I can give me that chance. He goes, I'll see what I can do for you, Jules. And, and he did trade me there, but at the same time, he said to the media and batters that I didn't want to play there anymore and that I hated the town. And I don't know why he said that. That, that was so unfair because I loved Bathurst. Bathurst was why I made my name, basically, as, as a player and, and a fan favorite because of the Eddie chant. That's that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, then I got traded to Halifax, so back with Ramsey again. Oh, Ramsey came with you on that well, trade? Well, Ramsey was already there. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. So, he, so talk about the excitement getting traded to Halifax. Did you find out in the summertime that you got traded? No, it was throughout the year. Like throughout the year, it was in January, January the first yeah. year. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. talk so, about the excitement, like the billets, oh, like the drive into Halifax, everything. So... So when I when I got traded, I always remember I, I used to have a drive, I used to drive a 1990 GMC Tracker. I don't know. I was right. It's a little <laughs> little tiny car, box car. The only one I believe that had the AC button. Then when you pressed it, you could see the gas light just go down, like the, the gas <laughs> gauge just go down. Like it, but it would work. But anyways, I I drive. I'm getting traded. I I flew to Bakemo. I had two numbers to pick from: 44, 41. And because I had 14, 14 has been my number ever since growing up. So I took 41. I'm like, okay, well, it's the reverse version of 14. So whatever, I'll take that. And then after I was done, I, I, I forget how I got to Bathurst, but I ended up going to Bathurst, pick up my stuff, all my stuff. And the build I had in Bathurst, I was really close to. Um, Gordy and Bev. Gordy has since passed. Uh, Bev has since passed away. God love her. And I w- went to stay with her son in Halifax. Okay. He actually lived just around the corner from here. To this day? Yeah, so? yeah, yeah. Well, no, the, 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 he's passed away as well. Okay. Um, um, sad, really. Uh, Rob passed away. But his wife, Donna, they moved to Turks and Caicos, her and her daughter. Wow. Uh, Jasmine. So I lived with them uh, just around the corner on Chelmsford Place. Okay. So you, yeah. used, you used to drive here to the Metro Center? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a funny story about that, too. So... Uh, I used to, uh, I stayed with them. So when I drove from Bathurst to Halifax, I didn't really know how to get there. I mean, back then, I used maps, like literally maps, not Like phones. you pulled a map out. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when I drove, I was driving normal. And you know when you get to the um, the tolls and on the highway? Yeah, you got to pay like two bucks. Yeah. yeah. So that's like a blizzard there. I don't know what it is, what's going on with the, the temperature there. But I started driving normal, and I was going fine. The gas, The gas was at halfway in the middle and when i got to i started going up a hill it turned to a whiteout it was snow everywhere and i was going up a hill and my car wasn't real wheel drive so i started spinning and every time i passed the guy i started spinning and there was a stripper truck next to me i started stressing there was a line of cars behind me i was i'm gonna i'm not gonna make it i'm gonna end up in a ditch or something and then what i have no cell phone like there was no cell phones then so i'd have to wait there to when i don't know so i finally was able to pass the truck pulled over put my four by four on and I was able to make it to the gas station, put some gas on. It was scary. Just, I, I didn't know any better. And then finally I got to my new billet and stayed there um, for the rest of the season. But I did have a ritual when I played. So I would drive, you know, where the Irving is down Bethel Highway. Yeah. That so, was still there back yeah, then? Yeah, still there. Yeah. It was there. So I'd go down there. I'd buy a Snapple, uh, cranberry uh, raisin Snapple. Yeah. The, the old bottle, glass yeah, bottle. Yeah, I know, I know. I would drive down Bedford Highway all the way to 
Lady M and down Lady M on Barrington Street. If I if I didn't have to pick up Robbie Sutherland or not, and then I would <laughs> then I would drive to the rink. But I would do it as fast as possible. Why? So, I don't know. It's just a ritual. I drive as fast as I could. I know it sounds bad saying this. <laughs> as you're a well, police officer yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, to to a certain extent. Uh, yeah. But I would go as fast as I could, and I would leave exactly at the same time, and I would park illegally every time and get a ticket every where, time. Where would you park? Just close to the Metro Center. Did you have to pay the ticket or did the Mooseheads pay the uh, ticket? No, I, I, I don't know what happened to them. They just disappeared. Because <laughs> I had Quebec plates, so... I never thought of that. Yeah, I just didn't know, right? Yeah. So... I, I didn't back then. I don't think it was all linked together. Yeah. Like the different province, because I was more welcome to pay for them when I when I changed my place to Nova Scotia. It just yeah. Didn't happen. So. How did you know if you had to pick up Robbie Sutherland or not? Oh, it was just something we talked about. Um, Where you talked about it at the pregame skate. Yeah, pregame skate. But he ended up getting the car himself, so I, I didn't have to pick him up anymore. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because yeah, he lived uh, just around the corner too, uh, just off of uh, uh, Bayview, I think. Or, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. on the way off the Bedford Highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, my favorite player, 55. Who is that? In the Mooseheads. Oh, uh, number 55. Brendan Reed, yeah. Yeah, he was probably... That was my guy. When I went to the Quebec Pee Wee tournament, that's who uh, I, I was number 55 for the Mooseheads. What was he like as a guy? I hope you don't say he's a shit guy because he was my idol growing up. So I don't want you to be like, ah. But he was that, that fast winger that went down the wing and scored... Like you gotta just as a kid growing up, you gotta watch that and be like, "That's my guy." I have to say, game performance, game show, amazing. Yeah, um, teammates, no, uh, not so like. And I mean, we talk now. He's a great guy. We we let things go. I mean, things in junior, 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 right? Like yeah. he's setting his ways. Because at one point, me, him, and Ramsey a bit were in line. Yeah, and we racked up points like crazy. We we had everything on that line. I remember listening to the radio going to school once, and there was a song about you three. Some guy made a song in Newfoundland or something about you guys on a line, like a jingle. Really? And that, yeah, you don't remember that? No. It was going into playoffs. There was a song about you three going down on a three-on-one and scoring a goal. Some Newfoundlander just made a song. Oh, I think I kind of vaguely remember and that. And I remember just like sitting there in the car while my mom, I think, was getting groceries. I was just sitting there with the heat on and listening to this guy from Newfoundland on his guitar just singing about you three. And it's like things like that when you're 10, 12 years old, you don't realize like, wow, this guy, these guys are like superstars. And back then... You know, yeah, I think Brandon, I Brandon that. Reed, that was my guy. Yeah, I think I remember you. There was a, you had several things about the game on on that, about this song. I think I remember, frankly, I wish somebody could to bring it up somehow, but I think I remember what you mean by that. Yeah. And I think, yeah. But, I mean, he, playing with Ramsey, it's something else. Like he, this How so? guy, How so? he's such a leader, and he scares the other team. Like he's, he's a scary guy to play against. He's a beast. He's mean. He's mean with a stick, and he could play. He got good hands, get a good shot. So anybody that plays with him gets bigger, gets more room, because people are worried. What is he? What's Rams gonna do? So I play with him on the same line in Bathurst. I was racking up the points. I come here. I play in the line with him. I was making points. But then I, I think my my style was to take the puck up, and so was Brandon, right? So yeah. I mean, me taking the puck up, it's, it's fun. It's, you could cheer, but nothing's going to happen. I mean, you end up in the corner. Or, I don't know. I got no shots. I might as well not shoot the puck. But I'll probably dump it in trying to hit somebody or, or something. But with him, at least, there'll be a little bit more. So a couple times we had discussion about who would pick up the puck. And I'm like, look, Brandon, things are going well. Let's just keep going. And, he, and he, I think he went to the coach and said, I, I don't want to play with him anymore. So okay. I went back. And I ended up playing with Robbie and, and – and, um, Sutherland, that was awesome too. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. That's, that's cool. another good leader as well. Robbie Sutherland? Yeah. Yeah? It sounded like you guys had a bunch of great leaders. And then, then the year after, you ended up being the captain. Yeah. And and that, that's the thing. I, I went to my first NHL camp. I went to uh, Atlanta. I didn't want to go to Edmonton because my brother was there. Why wouldn't you want to go to Edmonton? That would be because cool. Because I didn't want people to say, oh, you just say it because of your brother. That's fair. Okay, that's and, understandable. I mean, Atlanta Trashers, the, 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 the actual scouts talked to me in the playoffs the year before, and he was like, yeah, I like the way you play. You know, just uh, what are you doing this summer? So I'm going to work out with my brother. And, okay, okay, good to know. We're about to send you an invite. So I was like, really? Yeah, yeah. So Atlanta, I'm like, the Trashers. What's that going to be like? So I What was up, it like? Well, it was a rookie uh, tournament. So we played teams like Nashville was there. Uh, Detroit, and I forget the other teams, but um, it was a rookie tournament. It was kind of unusual. Like, I've never experienced that before. So we flew to Atlanta, got our gear and everything, got fitted and everything like that, and then we flew to Traverse City in, in, in Michigan. I played and against Detroit? Did you ever play against Sean Avery in that rookie tournament yes, by any chance? Yes, we fought. You fought Sean Avery? It's online. It's embarrassing. Okay, because Sean Avery was on Spitting Chicklets a while back, and he talks about this rookie tournament, saying yeah. that he tore it up. What did he do in that tournament that was well, just so wild? Well, he just he was in everybody's like I didn't know anything about Sean Avery before I got there because in in back in the day, social media wasn't as good as it is now, so we don't know about the other leagues. We don't know about the old child Western, yeah. other than and what we hear on the TV or whatever. Or when World Cup is coming up, so when the first first game we played against Detroit. Um, the warm up, Sean Avery was just screaming at me, Lorak, Lorak, me and you all night. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> who does that? Like, first of all, who does that? We don't, we chirp in junior in, in Quebec, but not like that. Like, who's this guy? And the guys, some of the guys, are like, yeah, I don't know him. He's just an idiot. Like, Sean Avery, like, he's armless, blah, blah. He's just going to run his mouth. So I'm like, okay. So then during the game, he fought a guy, didn't do so well in the fight and I was like okay what's the big deal with this guy he can't like he's running his mouth he can't even fight like I've, I know fighters I know fights I know my brother's fights like that's not a fighter so then there was a shift where I ended up taking the face off against him and I'm like I'm facing on I'm chasing I'm looking him right in the eyes and take the face off and I win the face off so I start chirping I'm like man you suck you can't even fight and you can't even take face off. I'm not even a sentiment. <laughs> so we do our chef, whatever, and then the chef, like if you look Google it, if you Google it, it's on, on YouTube. The fight's there if you want to look at it, it's kind of embarrassing. If you keep talking, I'll look it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, look it up. Just put LaRock versus Avery, you'll see it. So um, yeah, so then at the end of the chef, he skated towards me, you'll see it. it's like it's like uh that should be the, th the yeah, see right there. This one? The, that one, yeah. And for some reason, they gave him number 66. So if you see me there, I'm skating away. Wait, are you I, black? Are you in, in the black, dark? Yeah. Eh? So my gloves just comes off. Like, if you start from the beginning, you'll see what I mean. But the problem with this fight is that he jerseys me. He's talking so to the mic. Talk, try to talk to the mic. Yeah, so yeah, when going. he jerseys me there, yeah. I, there's nothing I can see, right? But he's not connecting with anything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You're not really connecting. I think the only one he connected is at the end when I'm on my back. But if you see, I'm skinned to the bench. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I'm not ready. Like, I, like my girl's just coming off now. But, again, uh, it's, it's part of the game, and he got under my skin. And then after that fight, he was gone from the game. So, he was a pest, I have to admit. And then even after the game, he was still, like, chirping. Like, what, do you mean, what do you mean after the game? Like, in the yeah, stands? in the stands, walking around. Like, oh, yeah. He was like, I'll do to you a little rock. And I'm like, what did you do to me, man? Like, look at my face. You did nothing to me. And then that was at the end of it. But that's when I knew about him. I, I didn't know how bad he, of a pest he was until, I mean, I get to experience it. So that's cool things about hockey. He goes, 
I don't know who did who filmed this, <laughs> but PJ Stock is the 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 person that that uh, uploaded on YouTube. Yeah, kudos to him to find that fight. But then again, I had number sixty six. Not sure why they gave me that number. I never asked for it, so not like disrespect to Mario Lemieux. I, this is my favorite play. Like yeah. to me, that's my. The, Lemieux's your guy? Yeah, it's yeah. better than Gretzky to me. But yeah. that's just another debate. That yeah. could debate forever. Yeah. Well, that's that's crazy that that... Anyways, because that's a very relevant like podcast recently. And the fact that you were one of yeah. the guys to like fight with them in that well, rookie tournament. I don't yeah. know. I think that's cool. Like, that's not really a fight. It's more of a... Well, I get, get like jersey that's cool. Basically, like maybe look kind of bad. So for all you viewers, when you have a look at it, it's on there. <laughs> Yeah, LaRock versus Avery on YouTube. You'll yeah. see it. Did you ever find that you had to almost change your style of game due to the fact of who your brother was? No, no. And that's the thing. I, I just never understood because I love to hit people. Yeah. There's nothing to me. That's the part about hockey I love the most is is hitting. And and I coach this year, my first year coaching um, uh, Dartmouth High School hockey. Yeah. Season and a half. Yeah. And the one thing I, I keep telling the guys is you got to hit. People don't like getting hit. It, it creates room for you. It hurts people. It makes people get rid of the puck quicker. There's nothing better than a good hit. And it gets you go, your teammates going, gets everybody going. The crowd loves it. If it's a clean hit, not dirty hit. And I, I always teach them how to hit. And I tell them all the time, that's the best part about, to me about hockey. So doing that, I did that for four years. But kids don't like to do that anymore. No. It, well, I, I don't know. I, I Like... I've watched high school hockey compared to midget AAA hockey here. And midget AAA hockey, there was basically no hitting. High school hockey, there's all kinds of hitting. Why? I don't know. I, I think they're, they're most geared towards skills maybe in, in midget AAA. That's fair. Maybe. Yeah, that's uh, fair. But to me, is that's the, if you introduce skills and contact hockey, your game's just going to be better. Because you never know when you're going to play in, if, wherever you play. Yeah. If you have that part down packed about hitting, and I'm not talking just going blow people up, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like taking a hit, hitting at the right time, um, create distance from a person, even hitting people when you have the puck. Uh, those things are, are things that you need to know that can improve your game overall. But if you don't, if you're not a player that that hits at all, like uh, you, you will get in, 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 in up might get pretty hit one of these things get hurt well i look at it as a way to differentiate yourself as a player a lot of players today in the nhl they're very skillful very fast very smart and there's definitely different ways i think there's more opportunities now to separate yourself from that if you look at reeves playing for vegas yeah he's a fast guy he's kind of skilled but how does he differentiate himself through fighting and through hitting and through the physical aspect of that and i think as a hockey player now just even in nova scotia doesn't you can be in Ontario, Quebec, wherever it doesn't really matter. But if you can bring that style of game to your play, you'll get noticed by scouts. You'll be like, oh, who's that kid right there that's actually laying the body two times a shift? You know, I, I think that's the way that scouts are going to look at it and be like, okay, this kid's different. That's the way I like to tell at least young kids that are still playing the game. You want to stand out. Even if you're not filling the net with 30 goals a game, stand out a different way. And that's an easy way to do it. And you said it perfectly about Reeves is he's the new breed of tough guys. He could play and he's physical. And he, he, I don't think guys like playing against him. They know he's on the ice. You I, could sense it. I guarantee, I, I can bet money that I guarantee he is, uh, your brother's a role model of his. Guaranteed. Oh, it could be. And no, another it's not, guy, it's not could be. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. And another guy too, Bufflin. You think a guy like Bufflin. I mean, he's a defenseman, so he doesn't, most of his head is people coming at him with the puck. He doesn't forecheck, but imagine if he was a forward. 
Oh, sometimes four, four, they'll put up, up up on forward though. Yeah. Like he'll play wherever. He'll oh, play yeah. goalie if they make him play. But you know, you look, like you just type in Bufflin hits on YouTube and you just you cringe like, oh my god, <clears> you wish you never had to play against a guy yeah. like that. Another guy that <clears> one of my, I mean, I I think I I played in the wrong era for myself to being a fan <clears> and to see role models because if I would have played like now, my role model would have been Jordan Tutu and and PK Subban. So. P.K. Subban would have been my first real black hockey player. And I'm, I'm not talking, you know, you know, that looks like me. Like, he's, like, I'm, I'm dark. So, uh, you know, Jeremy Gunler was good and everything, but he didn't really look like me. And then when I say that, I, I'm not trying to say, oh, you're, you're, you're just looking for, you know, I'm not saying that. It's just that that could have made me think, maybe I should be a defenseman. Because defenseman, you don't have to have as much hands as you would as a forward. I had the speed. I could work skate really well backwards. Um, some of the games my last year, my coach put me on defense and there's nobody that could go by me. Because what I used to do is if you would come towards me, I'd switch to forward. So people were like, what, what do you mean you switch to forward? I was kid forward. And I let him go, guy, but I let the forward go by me a little bit with the puck and I'd be in forward mode, not skating backwards. And if they tried to go by me, I'd just skate fast and take the puck from him or hit him. So that was my way to play defense and it was confusing the attacker. They didn't know what to do against me when I was playing defense. So that could have been an idea to to do in my career, maybe play defense. But then also when I look at Jordan Tutu, I'm glad I never played against him because I probably would have to fight him because we played the same style. He would hit people, I would hit people. But there's there's a, there's a time in, in your career in AHL, NHL, East Coast, when you hit like that, you got to answer to it. In the queue for some reason, nobody came at me. Why? I don't know. I would lay people out, big hits after big hits, different games. Crowds would go nuts, and nobody would want to fight me. I, like, I literally, it's not that I say no. I never said no. I might have said no once uh, in my first year, in, in uh, I think it was in the uh, preseason game. After that, nobody ever, ever never asked me to fight. Do you think that has something to do with your brother, though? Maybe. And maybe because I'm smaller, right? So ten, back in when I played, guys didn't want to... I don't think it was really popular for guys to, to fight smaller players. So um, we did have a big brawl, though, against Cape Breton. On YouTube? Oh, yeah. So if you type in Halifax Moose versus Cape Breton Screaming Eagle, there was a pre, um, pre-game. Uh, then put brawl, I guess. The first one. So. <laughs> Story time. Let's go. Yeah. So. You got you to describe to the listeners what's is, going on. This is another embarrassing moment in my Is that career. you? So I'm on the left there. Okay. Uh, my, my helmet's over my head there. Just that visor really high. It's still probably got the same visor that you saw there against that that, that, that game. On the right is Hunter Larash. Okay. And Nick Greeno is my teammate. Okay. So my ritual was I'm always the last guy off the ice. Okay. It doesn't matter. But for some reason, Nick was telling Hunter to get off the ice. And Hunter was like, no, you get off the ice. My Wait, ring, you okay. get off the ice. Yeah. So this back and forth. And he's <clears> looking at me, Jules, get off. And I'm like, look, man, I, I'm not getting off till he gets off. So you have to talk to him. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how it starts. So as you can see, he's getting annoyed. The crowds are just yelling. They're yelling stuff at us. And it's kind of cool at first. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to hang out here. And... Uh, in the background, I don't know if you see the guy getting standing there. This guy? Uh, the, the, yeah, the white guy? there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's that's Ryan Flynn. 
Okay. So we were roommates in Bathurst. We played together in Halifax. We're still friends to this day. So right now, if you look at what the the, the, the four people are there, it's not very fair. I mean, Antu Lahash knows how to fight. He's crazy. Uh, he was a scary player. Yeah. And uh, Nick Greeno could hold his own. Me? Uh, I don't <laughs> think I'd fight either one of them. So... So then he finally had enough. So he's like, okay, now I'm going to, if you're not getting off the ice, I'm going to take you off the ice. Now there's Ryan Flynn just showed up. Oh, right there. Yeah. So as you see, he made him flinch. He just pretended he was going to punch him. So again, I'm just kind of hanging out. I don't know what's happening. And then when, when he <laughs> see Ryan, he just wants to get on there. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh, what is going to happen? Because you guys only have two guys right now. Where's yeah, everyone, everyone else is in it's the dressing room? At the room? end of the, uh, the uh, warm-up. So, so everyone, no your referees. teammates are in the room. Oh, yeah, and we're way down the hallway. Because Cape Breton, I think, did that on purpose. Our room was up the stairs in the back of the rink. So again, I'm just like, what the hell is going on? I don't really care what's happening. I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll leave the ice. And people are still yelling. And then he'll probably throw a punch. And then Nick goes down. So that's, that's when I'm like, whoa. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Like, stop. I'm trying to stop the fight, and it's not working. Then I realized, okay, they're <coughs> fighting. That's good. I stopped. Then I'm looking at Ryan. I'm, I'm trying to get in between to stop the fight. Oh, then I see Ryan jump in, and they're just both pounding on him. So, I'm, I'm again, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I'm man. trying to be a referee. I'm not trying to stop the fight. I'm like trying to really stop the fight. Then Ryan just jumped back in oh. again, and I'm like, screw it. I'm going to jump on Ryan. I'm trying to stop him to punch him, Nick. And and believe it or not, the only person that punched me was Nick. I think he punched me by accident. For some reason, the referees are grabbing me. And uh, it's not over, though, because we have Jonathan Boone, who knows that the fight's happening. He jumped on the ice. How does he know the fight's happening? Did someone think, run back into the uh, dressing room? Uh, no, yeah, somebody yelled something. So there's, there's Jonathan Boone, jumped on the ice, and then that's George Davis. Like, wow. George Davis, too. Like, he, you know he can fight. So, oh, man, I feel bad for Jonathan Boone. Oh my God, this is insane! How have yeah. I never seen this yeah, before? I know, and this is all before the game started. Before the game started, to this day, if I go to Cape Breton, because my wife's from there, yeah, if I go to Cape Breton and I'll go watch a hockey game, people in the stands will come up to me. He goes, "Oh yeah, remember that day? I remember that day." And it's still something they're talking about down there. It's still to this day. No, that's my coach, there, Sean McKenzie, just giving it to. George Davis. Wow. Oh, yeah. It was, and I guess suspended seven games for that. You didn't do anything. You're trying to break it up. I know. Oh, man. That's nuts. Yeah. Did, you, did you get to play that game, though? No, no. Oh, Dude, so you didn't even know. play. So we were walking to the stands, and people were yelling at us in the stands. Like, it was crazy. Now, finally, our team shows up. Uh, my coach over there, like uh, Gary Zink. I don't think Gary Zink was playing that game. So the next game we played, it was in Halifax, and I, I, I knew I had to do something, so I ended up fighting. Uh, J.P. Cote. Wow. If so, that yeah. if that happened in today's game, well, you wouldn't uh, be playing. You'd be suspended twenty games with a whole well, season. Well, probably fifteen. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's been stuff, and every that was that was dirty. Yeah. It was just uh, a big fight. Like, <laughs> anyways, something I want to forget too. When, so my two fights online are the worst things I could you could think of for. <laughs> For hockey. Well, everyone listening, just tell everyone listening that you've knocked some guys out before. Just let them well, know. Well, I do have one good fight. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. Okay. Uh, and when I played with the Halifax, uh, with Bathurst, Ramsey used to bug me in the in the, in the, uh, in the training camp. He used to say, oh, yeah, what are you going to fight, Jules? Hey, what are you going to fight? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like, I, nobody wants to fight me. Yeah, whatever, man. You need to fight. So I fought a guy, and it was a pretty good fight. I switched. 
I was throwing left and right, and I, during, I, I, it was a really good fight. So I, if I could find it, I'll, I'll show it to you. But yeah, that's that's probably my only really good fight. But again, hitting, oh man, I'd love to hit. Yeah, yeah, awesome. That, that was awesome. Do you have any stories about uh, road trips playing for the Mooseheads? Maybe some pulling into the rink late, something like that, jumping on the ice with like 20 minutes to go. I know in junior snow in the winter, it, it can oh, backfire some games. So has well, anything happened? Bath- Bathurst was, uh, there's, the northern New Brunswick is bad for snow, right? Yeah, yeah. So where I lived, I lived on the, on the, um, on the, at the beach. The beach Great. of Bathurst? Yeah, there's yeah. a nice beach of Bathurst. I didn't know that. Yeah, you're all beach. So that's the street, Quill Elizabeth was a street that I lived on. And for some reason, that never got plowed. So <laughs> it not? just never got plowed. It's just the last street to get plowed. So I don't know. They didn't pay taxes back then. I have no idea. So there was one game where I excuse me, I had to leave my house, walk through snow to the main road. Like It was probably about half a kilometer. And like me, the snow was to my waist. <laughs> Everyone has a story about oh, the yeah, snow yeah, up to their just, waist. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, and and the weather, weather was bad like that, too. And yeah. The snow was... Um, just no plows. Well, it, they, they plowed everything in the middle. So there was uh, mountains in the middle, like snowbanks. Yeah. So you'd have to like literally punch a hole in the wall of snow to go through. So, I mean, those, those snow stories, it's kind of crazy like that. But most of the time, it was always trying to be on time because you didn't want to be late. If you didn't worry late... You didn't play, right? Yeah. You should have a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back then, did you get treated as well as players do get now? Like, did, did you get your skates paid for? Did you get food before the game? Did you get as many sticks as you wanted, like custom gear? Did you get stuff like that back then? Well, back in the day, when I played, we had wooden sticks. <laughs> <laughs> so you might... Okay. <coughs> so, yeah. So people don't realize those all those new sticks that you play with now, it's great. But back then, you had wooden sticks. You were given a pattern by the team. Then I get to Halifax, and then I finally get my own stick. Okay, wait a second. Sorry. You were given a pattern by your team, meaning you didn't get to pick your curve? Whatever curve was there available, you take that. So you didn't get to pick a curve? Not wow. really, no. No, not if you were like a top head players, you would get your own stick. They would get easted with the blade. Yeah. So that's how they got their own stick. Oh, like the ones that plugged in the bottom or something like that? Okay, I remember Yeah, those. that's what we used to get. And those particular players would get that. And uh, no, I get wood stick till the end of it. But I had my own pattern with Sherwood. Yeah, and the stick was shorter than everybody else's. I had a big blade on there, and the curve was terrible. But I liked it. Did you ever get food before the game? Did they oh, have like yeah, granola yeah. bars would, and bananas? Yeah, yeah. they they would uh, they would always have uh, pregame meals other than the home games, obviously. Yeah, on the road, we're always taking care of that way. That was always been like that. Yeah. What about sticks? I mean, uh, sorry, skates. Do you get skates for the season? So every every first of the season, you'd get a pair of skates, either with Bauer or CCM. Did you get to pick? Well, you'd have to pick who you want. Okay. Uh, for me, it was always Bowers. And again, it was, I, I thought it was a better skate for me. And my brother used to tell me, CCM's for bigger guys, Bowers for smaller guys. And I, I actually tried, uh, <laughs> one year in Bathurst, I wanted to try the white skates and CCM had white skates. Mm. It looked good, but God. Well, Lemieux, was, didn't Lemieux wear white skates? Something, I think Did, so, yeah. Was that an so influence the, yeah. on you? Well, maybe. I, I just thought <laughs> it was cool looking. And I'm like, I got to get some white skates. So it looked good. I could see myself. On, I, I could watch the video afterwards. And it looked like I skate faster. But man, that was uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. It was really uncomfortable. It felt like a ski boot. And I, if you'd see the way I tie my skates. So the last two holes of the laces are gone. There's, there's no laces. In like that. the top two, sorry? The top two okay. are gone. And I only tie up straight, like hard, the last, the first two. Sorry. So, so like, the last two you tie really tight? 
Yeah, like the one you, you, you tie up. Okay, yeah. Those are the only two that I want to tie. Everything else is loose. Why? You got because big feet? It, it's that. It is, they're wide. And also, I find it gives me more motion for the, the skate. But your ankle's secure. My, ankles, well, my, my, my skate is secure on my foot, but my ankle is loose. So when you skate, a lot of kids, I, I find maybe it's the parents, they'll realize, is when you push with your skate, that last little push that you do is what pushes you a little bit further. And that's where you learn it in speed skating. <clears throat> if you look at speed skaters, the way they have their skate, they're like almost like running shoes and the blade. Yeah. They don't go all the way up the ankle because they really want that last push. There's like a, uh, it's like almost like a dock walk, but at the end of the dock walk, there's an extra push. I, in see the what water. You're, I see what you're saying. So that's how I get that last stride to push a little further. Did you do this back when you said you did speed skate? Did you tie your skates the no, same I never, way? I actually, it's kind of funny because Mike Ribeiro wasn't a fast skater, but he never tied his skates tight at all. The whole skate. And he used to do, do it that way. He liked it for style. The laces would be a dangling. He loved it that way. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but again, it's Mike Ribeiro. He had so much hands that he didn't, didn't need to skate. He could have skated backwards. He would have dicked you anyways. He was amazing with the puck. But, I kind of noticed what he did, and I started going, maybe I should try to change, maybe to to help my skating a little bit. And I did that, and they helped. Did you ever uh, get any gear from your brother? Did you ever ask him for stuff? He must have given you stuff over the oh, years. Oh, jeez, yeah. Hockey bag, sticks. Uh, anything. From players. Uh, anything. I, like, I, I ended up also, too, going up and seeing him while I was playing. In and, Edmonton or Montreal? In Edmonton. Yeah. And I was able to skate with the players. No. Absolute skates, yeah. What was oh, that like? That must have been oh, the coolest yeah, like, experience and ever. I would take uh, Todd Marchand's gear, uh, put that on, yeah. and skate with the guys. There was one practice I always remember. So uh, there was one practice where I did the optional skate with them. And we did a drill. It was 2 on 0 And if we didn't score, we had to skate around everybody. So two chances to score. And, of course, you couldn't ask for a worse pairing. Me and my brother. <laughs> I have no hands. He has a better hands than me, but whatever. And we, not only we didn't score, but we ran into each other at beyond the net. Yeah. It was like running to a wall. It hurt. So anyways, we had to skate. So the camera crew for recording the practice was there, and they were recording. And by the view of the the camera crew, it looked like I, I skated by my brother like he was standing still. Yeah. So I looked super fast. Yeah. And they were saying to me uh, on the news that, oh, George LaRock's brother is skating with with the team and blah, blah, blah. So we went out uh, to Cowboys. This Cowboys is a beautiful popular bar, bar in Edmonton. Okay. It's like a country bar. Yeah. All the girls, the, the <laughs> girls are cool, crazy. The, the owners show up, the girls go crazy. Why go crazy uh, for George? Yeah, well, George and He's whoever the else. Well, but he was the man there. He yeah. was. And uh, I mean, back then, I mean, I was 18 or 19 or whatever. And it was like, well, man, I'm just with him. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> awesome. So one girl's like, hey, man, I saw you on the news. So when are you going to play for the Oilers? <laughs> like, like, oh next year, God. I'll be there. Next year, I'll yeah, be there. Probably well, <laughs> soon, probably soon. So, so it was pretty cool uh, to, to do that with him. Um, but, and I ended up doing it again in Florida. I was able to skate with them in Florida. And uh, uh, it was McTavish was there. And we did a uh, three-on-three game, me, my brother, and another player against McTavish. And two other guys. I think it was Charlie Huddy. Charlie and, Huddy. Yeah. Have you ever seen that video on YouTube of Charlie Huddy? Just all this, the compilations of him messing up. It's called Charlie Huddy Sucks. It, I, nothing against Charlie Huddy. I'm sure he's a great guy and a, he won a lot of Cubs, but it's the funniest I'll video. I'll have to check that out, yeah. <laughs> Just type in Charlie Huddy Sucks. It's yeah. one of the funniest I, I, videos I ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely will. But yeah, it's kind of cool to do that. And 
get to see a lot of back stuff. I was able to go also with a charter with the team because some players were like, well, like, why does he get to come with us? But my brother was so scary that he wouldn't, like, they they wouldn't challenge that because really? it's George. They were, George was a good teammate. He was also scary, I think. I think he would scare people. Cause you, like even the management on the team? Well, not the management. I just didn't care because like, I was like, you know how some people are, are fanatics, right? Yeah. Um, like you met me, professional, that's great. I met Jill. I'm not like, hey, Jill, yeah, yeah. get another graph. Like um, some family members could be a little bit like that. I was more like quiet, like just sit there. Somebody talked to me. I talked to them. Didn't bother anybody. You didn't fan out. No, I didn't yeah. fan out. Uh, during games, if I, I went to see my brother, I could stay in the uh, changing area and they have a lounge like while they're playing so I could watch the game on the TV. No way. And I could hear the, the speeches to talk to in the game. Like, little things like that, like, that's quite amazing uh, to be part of. Like, there's things that I did back back behind the scenes that nobody no had that chance to do. And it's quite, a, it's quite a show to do. Did you ever get to do anything like that in Montreal? I the only game I went to see him is the game you had released. No way. Yeah. That's so an interesting. They, they let him go. They, they bought his contract out, and that was it. So I've never been a fan of Montreal anyways. I was always like a Nordique fan. Yeah. But uh, that kind of sucked for me because, I, I mean, I would love to see him play in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. What about in Pittsburgh? Because he got to play with yeah. Crosby a little bit. Did you ever get yeah. to meet Crosby? I, I went to see the, I went to see him, see him there, and it was kind of cool because he, he said, oh, yeah, I remember seeing you play when you played with the Mooseheads. I'm like, what? Sid said that? Yeah. So... Because his, his cousin is, is Robbie Sutherland. Yes, yes, yes. And I remember, actually, I went to see him play at the Sportsplex, and I used to see this kid on the ice just doing whatever he wants. I'm like, man, that kid is good. Like, he used to skate around everybody, and I was like, wow. And we went in the room, and we met some of the kids, and I shook his head then, not thinking, this is Sidney Crosby that's going to be the best player in the world. It's just a kid. It's just a kid that yeah. does amazing on the ice. So, <clears throat> um, so to see him say that, and then I, I met, I saw... Uh, Mark Andre Fleury, yeah. I played. He was playing for Cape Breton that year. Yeah. You saw the, that brawl. He was on the team that he year. He was on the year of that team, and he remembered that his court on him. No, he said, "Oh, you bring your skates?" Like, no. So oh, it'd be nice to try to stop you against. You scored on me. I'm like, how do you remember <laughs> that? Like, all of all the people you face, you remember the one time I scored against you. And I mean, I remember the goal because I don't score many. I went around a D and just shoveled it in. I don't know where it went in. And he remembered that. Yeah, well, I remember just going like yeah. this and it went in. But I mean, that's. Some of the goals I do remember doing, yeah. but that's one of them because yeah. it was flurry. So it kind of took it in my mind because he's from Sorel and I'm from Tracy. So okay. I always knew about him. Like I always wanted to keep my mind about yeah. him. So it was kind of cool to meet him. And I got my periscate that I got now. I got that periscate then. Adam All was a player in Pittsburgh and he didn't want those skates for some reason. Something was wrong with them. So, so like, hey, what size you wear? Trainer said to me, I was like, uh, 10 and a half. Well, you want to try them on? See if you want them. Okay. Try them on. They fit. I'm like, so you can have them. I'm like, what? Seriously? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Just like that. NHL skate. There you go. Wow. So, I mean, that's cool part. Like, I was given a lot of sticks, mocking stick. I mean, like, those sticks I played with, they're broken now. But, I mean, it's cool. Like, all the left-handed sticks I could get, I got them. So, I can't complain. I had premium experience when it comes to NHL. Like, I lived that life through my brother. It was great. That's sick. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It seems like you're for, you're really thankful for that. Oh, yeah, A lot yeah, of people yeah. might take that for granted, but it seems like you really cherished all those moments and they stuck with you. And that's the thing. When I met uh, Jill's grandparents, 
I was talking to her grandmother and, and I was like, you must be so proud. It must be so fun for you to just experience that. And that's the part of being a parent. Uh, and I would say that to any parent, enjoy your kids' activities, your, their sports, what they do, because you're not going to get a chance to do it later. I mean, I, I, when my daughter turns 20 or my daughter's turned 20, I'm not going to go see their beer league soccer games or whatever. I, I want to see them now go into the sport. But be a fan. Don't be a coach or from the stands or be a critic of your kid. Just be supportive. That's what I would say. Because for some reason, kids, I think they, they, they have this pressure to, to please or to do better, to do the best so that the parents, they, they're, they're playing for the praise of the parents and not really for the love of the game sometimes. Mm. So I'd just say to them, like, just be a fan of your kids. That's cool. That's great yeah. advice. Yeah. That's sick. Um. I want to talk about the career as a police officer for a little bit. Talk about that decision and, and going into that field of work. And how do you like working here in the HRM? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I grew up in Montreal, and I don't think I want to do that job there. Yeah. Um, Why not? I just I know a lot of people. I I I don't really. I don't know. I I think it'd be crazy to work there. Yeah. I'm not that it, it's safer here. I'm not saying that it's really busy here, but I mean, growing up when you're a kid, there's things you you think about doing. Like, my brother was playing the NHL. Me was being a police officer. My best friend's father was a cop, so I used to be just, when I'd see him, I, I, I'd be so, like, shocked just looking at him. I've always been a fan of policing. I want to do this forever. And um, when I played the World Cup, I went for a drive with uh, Donnie Spicer. He was a, uh, I don't know if he was an inspector at the time, but when the World Cup was happening, a lot of police officers were in charge of different teams to drive them back and forth from the rink to the hotels. Wait, what do you mean? Like in the car, in the police car? No, they had the vehicles for the World Cup. Oh. They had red vans. Okay. And they would pick us up for the for And the, the police hotel. officers would drive you? Yeah. Okay. So um, I started asking questions because Quebec is it's a little bit different when you want to go into policing than it is anywhere else in, the, in Canada. Why is it different? Just the schooling ways. So in Quebec, you have to be have higher marks to get accepted in police technique. Really? You do that for two years, and then you go to the school for six months. Okay. Here, you can only, all you need is your high school di- diploma, and you can apply to go either to um, uh, PI or the Mounties or any place in Ontario, like the uh, Ontario Police College. Okay. Or, like I said, PI, or we added the hidden house class with Halifax Road Police. Okay. So when he told me that it was going to be a hidden house class, I said, oh, okay, so what do you need for that? Do you need your high school? I'm like, oh. Because, I mean, when you play hockey, junior hockey, um, yeah, you could get some courses done. I wasn't a big fan of doing a lot of this courses. Yeah. So I didn't apply myself to schooling. So I, I graduated high school and I didn't really try uh, far, further much like, yeah. in, in schooling. Like which, a lot of people. A lot of yeah. Them, yeah. So I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know what I was going to do if I was going to keep playing hockey. or But the opportunity came here, so I'm like, I'll get a jump on it. So it worked out well for me. That's good. And it, like I said, it's, it's like... It's like hockey for me. It's, it's it's a team thing. You try to do get better at what you do uh, with the job. You learn from people that have been experienced. Yeah. And you try not to do the, the same mistake twice. So, because everybody makes a mistake in policing, it happens. Um, but again, you try to do it as least as possible because of the type of job you do. Mm. But I, I love this job. I, I, I'll tell you, anybody that's new, I love this job. It's my dream job, and I, I, I can't expect to do anything else. I love it. That's awesome. And it also ex- maybe experienced so many different things, uh, like two UN tours in Haiti. Uh, I worked in the first section. I worked in sexual assault, which was kind of messed up because you don't want to deal with all the uh, adult case and the child, the children like case, pedophiles and pedophiles stuff. and all that stuff. So, 
it, it it sucks. That that was a tough part yeah. uh, of my career. And then I went back to Haiti after that. And again, I worked in the same section of that in Haiti. Yeah. The same uh, crimes against children, the kidnappings and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's a different breed over there. Like, it's different area. that's a different subject altogether there. It, does you, that change Does that change you as a person or does it make you grow as a person? Well, it makes you grow because you, you tend to realize don't take life for granted. You, you don't know how lucky you have it to live in Canada yeah. when you see how things are run in different countries. Yeah. And my parents are from Haiti, so... Um, oh, I didn't yeah, know that. When yeah. did your parents move to Montreal? They how old moved, were they? I think they were... They was in the 70s, uh, 74. Okay. They came through... I think they immigrated through schooling, and <clears throat> they ended up jo- having jobs as soon as they moved here, so... Wow. Yeah, they... That's kind of a full circle type yeah, thing. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. Like It's like... My mom was always against me going to Haiti. She was like, you know, you shouldn't go. It's kind of crazy over there. And it's uh, it's really dangerous. And if they know your name, they may attack you because of who you are. I mean, Did your brother go with you? No, he went on his own for, through his uh, world vision. He was raising money to build a uh, hospital okay. for children over there. Okay. And he did, Yeah, uh, which is kind of cool. I get to visit it. And it was kind of cool to watch. Sick. But uh, he went down there with PK as well, with other players and like, Pamela Anderson and stuff like that. So... He actually, he was down when I was down with my first mission, um, and I was, I was the northern part of Haiti, so I wouldn't be able to see him. But he went to a restaurant, and somebody called me. Goes, "Hey, just a sec, I'll get somebody to talk to you." And it was my brother. I'm like, "You're in Haiti?" It's like, "Why didn't you tell me? I would have tried to meet you down there." What is wrong? Oh, I didn't know. Like, what do you mean you didn't know? Just tell me. Like. Anyways, uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes. But, oh, that's but, funny. But uh, it, it was Haiti was uh, completely crazy. You know, you you think I, I've experienced so many crazy things down there, like people shooting at me, uh, rocks being thrown at me, being swarmed, being caught in the crowd, like uh, almost shooting someone. Like I, it was just insane. It was completely crazy from beginning to the end of the mission. And and I mean, it's it, it's great experience. I'd go again tomorrow. Um, it, the hardest part, again, is being away from your family. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's it's quite an experience. That's crazy. Yeah. Never been to that part of the world, but it sounds uh, it sounds life changing. It, it, and it's sad because I mean, you look at Dominican Republic. Everybody vacations there, right? Same and with it's Cuba. The same island. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's the same island. So there is one resort that's nice in Haiti they renovated and, and it's really nice I stayed there for, for a bit um, but I wish the whole country would do better it's such a beautiful country it is but I, I don't know I know the government or what are some things that they're lacking in resources like is it a food is it a plumbing I, thing is I, it an education it's, it's full blown security it is to order there's too many riots there's I don't find the police officers are paid well enough there are they trained well enough yes they're just they're, not paid. They more. don't want to work. Yeah. I think they should be paid more. Okay. Um, that takes, if you get paid more, you get to have a vehicle to travel in. You have to get a nice, nicer home. You, live, live, uh, you don't have to live amongst people you deal with. A lot of police officers in the main town don't live where they work because of that. They know they're going to get attacked. That they sucks. have to go home to get changed in civilian coding. They don't tell people the police because they know they get attacked. So the target's there. They're trying to do the right thing, but yet they're targets. So yeah. it sounds corrupt a little. Well, the targets for either they want to kill them, take their guns, or they want to kind of control them with money, right? Yeah. So it, it sucks. Yeah. It, it, it it sucks, and there's a lot of great people. 
uh, I worked alongside with them. I, I get them training and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of cool to be involved. But again, it, it's just uh, it's a concrete need, yeah. but it needs to fix itself. Yeah, gotta stop taking from others to trying to help each other like themselves. If they, they need to fix themselves, I don't know how it's gonna happen. Right. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we're at an hour here. I appreciate you coming on, man. That was great. Uh, some great stories that you told here. That awesome. was awesome. We uh, we got to get your brother on here. Yeah, I'm sure no, he has some great I'll, stories too. I'll definitely let him know for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. I guess that's great. The last minute is yours. If you want to like say hi to family, friends, thank anyone out there that's helped your career or anything, go ahead. Last oh, minute's okay. yours. Wow. Well, I, I have to say thanks to uh, for maybe. This career opened doors for me and ended up making me meet my wife, have my kids. So I always take my wife because I mean, she has to deal with me. Uh, and then she gave me those three beautiful girls and and uh, they're awesome. I, I, I'll, I'll give a little shout out to my daughter, my oldest daughter and the team, soccer team. They won the last two soccer games of their season. It was a tough season for them. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, yeah. And then my daughters, my twins, they, they play the same levels. And I ended up coaching that year and the year before. So it's cool to be part of that. And, and again... As far as hockey goes, Sean McKenzie, for me, it was one of the greatest person I've ever had to be in pleasure of being coached by and to know. And to this day, we're still friends. And uh, to play with some amazing guys over the years, guys that I still get in contact with. I just recently started talking to my couch again. It was nice to talk to him the other day. And I, uh, we'll be talking again. We haven't talked since pretty much the Moose day. So anyway, Robbie's back here. Ben, ben, ben and Benedict's back here. And it's all the guys that... I want to see it more often, and and uh, like I said, uh, I'm hoping uh, to play another game against Team Lebanon this year. My brother's supposed to organize that in again. Montreal. Yeah, in Montreal. Yeah. So uh, this time I'll try to be in a better shape and lay the body again. <laughs> they want to play contact. I don't know why, uh, but let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, man. Well, well thanks thank for having you. me. Hey. That's it. That's always awesome. It's my pleasure to have you, man. Yeah. You're welcome back anytime. Perfect. All right, everyone listening, thank you very much for all the support. Go to all of our social media outlets, like, subscribe, comment. Uh, We're out, guys. Peace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I heard him say, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. From the shot, like Tim, it's a harder way. So this is in the name of love, like Robert say. Before you ask me to go get a job today, can I at least get a raise on the minimum wage? And I know the government administer AIDS. So I guess we just pray like the ministers say. Alu Akbar, and throwing some hot cars. The things we see on the screen, it's not ours. But these from the hood, so these dreams not far. Where I'm from, the dope boys is the rock stars. But they can't cop cars without seeing cop cars. I guess they want us all behind bars. I know it. Uh, and I heard them say, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. And I heard them say, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. But we'll find a way. seasons and anything that happened is for a reason and gun clapping and keep the squeezing and grab keep praying and keep believing in jesus and one day that you see him till then walk in his footsteps and try to be him the devil is alive i feel him breathing claiming money is the key so keep on dreaming and put them lottery tickets just to tease us my aunt pam can't put them cigarettes down so now my little cousin smoking them cigarettes now his job try to claim that he too now is it cause of skin blacker than licorice now i can't figure it out sticking in now uh, uh. and i heard him say 
Nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. And I heard him say, Nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. But we'll find a way. 